Hello and welcome to the Monday Morning Marketing Podcast. My name is Melanie and today I'm here on my own. Esther has abandoned me. Well, in fairness, she's actually um, working very, very hard. Um, So today I have the true honour and pleasure to have Rachel Dines on the show. Rachel, welcome to the podcast. Hello, morning. Thank you for having me. My, well, it's absolutely great to have you on, especially as I saw you very recently at Atomicon. I know, real life. What a pleasure. I know. For me personally, that was my first in-person event. What did you think? Wow. I've had a few, but I've never been to Atomicon before. I've actually never been to Newcastle before and I had the best time. Yeah, really good time. Met loads of people, including yourself. Had a good party. Learned (laughs) lots too. So all the boxes were ticked. Oh, totally. So um, the reason why we brought you on today is your journey is really quite fascinating. And, and for me as a sole trader for a start, and as, as you're probably aware, Esther has an agency. It was quite interesting to hear your story from being a freelancer to creating an agency. Right. So, um, but first of all, let's let's um, understand exactly who you are and what you do, Rachel. Do, do introduce yourself. Okay, so um, yep, I'm Rachel and I live down by the sea in Worthing on the Sussex coast and I run a company called Shake It Up Creative. We are a marketing and design company that um, specialise in working with, usually with companies under five years old, all in the UK and we like to do things like rejuvenate them. So what I mean by that is this is companies that are a few years old. They've been trying to do marketing by themselves. So I'm a chartered marketer and that's what my specialism is. Mm-hmm. And they come to us because they're ready to either rebrand, to have a strategy, to have external support, um, anything that really takes them out of that kind of, um, you know, make it up mode into a mode for them to get ready to grow right um so so it's quite nice actually how you've kind of niched um because you're quite specific with your audience there aren't you Mm. so tell us about where you started because you were a freelancer initially um how did you get into business in the first place yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm what you call an accidental entrepreneur. <laughs> I never intended to have my own business. It was all just uh, circumstantial. So um, I was working in Brighton at the time at a software company, and I was doing the marketing there in house. And unfortunately, the recession hit. So this is like 2008, 2009, hmm. and they had to cut the marketing budget. And bam, that was my job done because there was no money to spend and they didn't need a marketing person. So unfortunately, as lovely as they were as a company, I got made redundant. And what they didn't know at the time was actually I was pregnant. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I was very early pregnant. So um, they had a bit of a shock. Um, but they were amazing I I can't fault them they helped me you know be there as long as possible and qualify for you know the statutory maternity pay um, and let me you know start my own thing essentially whilst I was there in their office so yeah it was amazing that was lucky Um, so how long have you been in business now Rachel so Shake It Up is six years old now Um, And I, once I started being freelance, I did that for about five years. And in all honesty, I just thought it was going to be a stopgap. I didn't know that much about the freelancing world. 
I set myself up what I would call properly and I tried to brand myself. I had a website, I went out networking, I I got referrals, you know, all of the things to get enough work to see me through a year, a year and a half maybe. And I absolutely loved it. And I was lucky I got really good projects and I didn't look back. So the jump itself from freelance to agency, Mm. was it very you know, heavy on the old time management or costing perhaps? Um, No, I mean, I was fortunate. I think when you're freelance and and you want to move up to being an agency, you're already in that kind of homeworking, managing your own schedule. Um, You've got, you know, the regular income from your freelance clients. So you're not having to quit and walk out on a job. Mm. So that's a very, very fortunate position to be in. Um, When I started the company, I actually started it because I met somebody who was a designer and developer um, very talented and we decided that we had very similar goals and so we actually made that jump into having an agency together and we were co-founders together unfortunately that didn't work out and during lockdown she decided to leave and it ended really badly which is really sad because we did become friends um, but yeah now it's all mine so mm. so were you I mean I suppose in some ways because you had somebody to do this with it took some of the perhaps tension and pressure out of it because you were doing it together yeah was it do you think it's manageable to set up an agency um, from home and have outside people working for you you know virtually is that manageable or is it really better to have sort of an in-person agency Well, mine is virtual. So I would say, Ah. yes, you know, I have a team, they are all running their own, you know, their own gigs, and and they I subcontract them, and they work for me, but they also do other projects, because as a small agency, you're not guaranteed to have um, the same work happening all the time, you know, Mm. we have a real mix of projects, which is lovely. But that means that one week, I might not need Um, a Shopify developer for example Um, but I might do in a few months time so it gives me the flexibility and oh my goodness through COVID that absolutely saved me so yeah I'm very very lucky it's still that way I think eventually one day you know I I would really like to grow it enough that I had the team in you know basic team at least in a permanent position but right now that suits me and it suits the clients just fine. So you did the the P word, didn't you, during the pandemic? You p- p- pivoted, didn't you? you <laughs> not pivoted. really, not really, no. Oh. Um, I think it just gave me a bit of time to, I mean, I had a lot going on because the because my business partner left, you know, and all the legalities and stress that came with that situation, it made me reevaluate. So, you know, I was looking at where I wanted to take the business, you know, could I do this alone? what did I need in place you know what was I going to lose with her going and what did I need to replace from that you know did I want to be in business with someone else and god no after being burnt right now I don't um I would just say to anyone you know god cover all your bases because you just never think it's going to happen to you Mm. (laughs) yeah yeah um you know partnership agreements um there are some standards that you can find online but you can also create ones yourself um between Mm. the two of you I mean who knows you could have an argument people could get a job offer elsewhere or the partner could get a a job offer elsewhere and that that makes it harder time zones and that sort of stuff any number of reasons isn't there 
there is there's loads of reasons and and actually I would rather if someone wasn't happy that they went off to do something that made them happy you know I have no no anger about that at all it, it was for me the difficulty came with how that person handled the the breakup the situation and, and actions that she decided to take which you know just weren't really what I would expect from her but you know there's two sides to every story and we're both moving on and doing our own great things so I guess there was a lesson learned here um have you have you got any tips on how to help people set up this kind of partnership in the first place securing their bases in the first place well I mean what I would say is I felt like we had done that you know we had a partnership agreement in place um we also had done things to make working life as fair as possible you know we had different ways of working but they were very complementary she actually worked a lot more hours than me and from the outset she was paid for those hours you know it wasn't just a 50 50 and then felt like someone wasn't pulling their weight um so I I felt like you know we had done the right things to Mm. to go forward in the right way but I think it's just tying up my advice would be tying up any loose ends you know we had this partnership agreement but it hadn't been overseen legally and ultimately it was very easily broken so that's I guess that's my lesson yeah Mm. Well, I can completely understand why you wouldn't consider working with anybody else for the time being. But, you know, collaborations don't have to be permanent. They can be short term. You know, a a lot of people do like three months ventures. You know, if you've got a similar audience, um, you can do a campaign together um, and and make something work out of that. Actually, I love that. You know, I do have other agencies and other companies that collaborate on projects with me. And it's lovely. It's really nice. It's great for me to see how other people do things. Mm. It's also great to bring skill sets together, you know, whether they're pre- where they perhaps have a gap and, and I have a gap, you know, and then the kind of puzzle comes together. Um, and, yeah, it just it leads to new connections. And it's great. I do. I do like collaborating a lot. So. Like I said, this this is about the journey from freelance to agencies. We've mm. discussed quite a bit of your freelance um, element here. So now that you've got this virtual agency, um, how are you managing, you know, coordinating all of the team members and finalising projects and getting tasks sorted out as well? I wonder where I got projects and tasks from. <laughs> little uh, conference reference there. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously there's tools that, that really help, um, CRM, um, and you know project tracking type stuff um, I actually really like the project management side even though I'm not a trained project manager I quite like overseeing things and I'm always the main point of contact for the client so I'm doing that you know on a daily basis mm. um, so I think it's just I'm a very organized person naturally so I think that really helps me um, I know it does, it's not you know, it doesn't happen to everyone, but I am quite lucky. Um, kind of juggling all of the home and the work stuff all of the time. So calendars, Google Calendar is my absolute friend and reminders. Um, and I use Asana and yeah, just all together, everything just I have to put something straight in my calendar it as soon as it happens, because if I don't, then obviously it could get missed. Yeah. So who who keeps you accountable, Rachel? <laughs> good question um so at the moment I don't have um a mentor um I have worked with various people in the past um so at the moment it's just 
little me that keeps me accountable and I think the way to do that is to make sure that you've got goals and ambitions and actually do you know what you've helped me out immensely because one of my goals for this year was to be on a podcast and here <laughs> I am in November on a podcast <laughs> just eked it in <laughs> yeah just in time so no absolutely and it's it's very much what you're aiming for isn't it I mean did you actually see yourself setting up this agency when you when you started working from home for you know a year or two (laughs) as a Uh, stopgap when I when I was sat in my in my small house with my laptop on my lap and the baby crawling around the floor I definitely didn't see myself setting up an agency but it's a few years into that and you realize that you're loving the variety of your work you're loving the flexibility and actually I'm able to do things that people in a full-time career often can't do you know go to the school assemblies and go to the school fairs and be there and do those things being a parent being a mum is really really important to me so to have that balance is is incredibly incredible and I'm just very lucky to have that so I didn't but in a few years in I thought you know what I yeah I love this and I would love to grow it and I did have that ambition then It, it came and I thought I want to achieve great things yeah it's just it's just come to mind as you were discussing that actually that um because you have virtual staff who you subcontract to you don't have to worry about payrolls and paid holiday and that sort of stuff there's so there are ways around making your agency more manageable and affordable certainly at the beginning and then when you're ready and you bring people in-house then it will be different you'll have in you know a proper payroll and and that sort of stuff as well so this is like a practice yeah definitely and we had a a payroll over uh, the summer because um I actually was lucky to have a graduate intern over the summer who was a brilliant help um so yeah we have that available when I need to set it up um but it I'd just say that you know if you are thinking of working in this way just make sure that you are doing all of the paperwork so you're you are contracting subcontractors you know you've got that agreement in place you've also got minimum levels for whatever markup you need so that you're making money for the company and not just sending it all out to someone else's bank account all the time um there's got to be those those business um levels in place yeah so i know you're based in the uk um and our audience is sort of around about mm-hmm. um so where would you go to get information on um you know what levels you need to look after people um you know is, it, is there a, a ruling or a, a place where they can get information on how to set up a company that you you would recommend well I mean a lot of the free business support has very sadly disappeared over the years we have seen a bit of a comeback with COVID and and funding trickling through for various regional business support programs but generally they are for people that have at least started their business so I think if you were right at the very beginning of your journey we're lucky to live in a time where we are overwhelmed with content online Mm. you know there are some brilliant podcasts about starting a business there are some excellent um, communities like Enterprise Nation which are providing learning and you know actual real life connecting events and and all sorts there Um, and loads of blog posts and videos and I mean whichever way you consume and learn the best it's there's going to be something there for you and talk to other people you know go yeah. go to events 
talk to those that have that have done it there are plenty of people that will be willing to talk to you even if you're setting up a very similar to them in another part of the country you know they're the they're the business friends that you need not the ones that are that fear competition no absolutely one, one thing I found out when I first started my business so funny you saying that is um I thought I had competition but there is no such thing as competition at all because people like us for the way we do things, the way we put ourselves across, the way we relate to people. And we could be in the same town, you and I, and people will find us in different mm-hmm. ways and, and will appeal to them in different ways. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. And since then, I've just like yourself, I've really enjoyed collaboration as well. It's been good for both sides of the business, hasn't it? Yeah. I mean, you can have two marketing agencies in the same town that, have a very different offering in the work of people. They've got different values, different priorities, different skill sets. It's there will be crossover, of course. Yeah. But yes, everyone, just like humans, are is unique. <laughs> so would you have some top tips that you could suggest to people who are considering going from freelance and taking that leap um, over to becoming a well, are you actually a registered company or are you? Yep, you so just, oh, you are a registered yeah. company as well. Do you have to be a registered company to do this? Uh, there were different things. So you could have a partnership. Um, you could set it up as a social enterprise. You could be limited like me. You know, there are various options. You need to do your research and work out what's right for you. Um, if funding is going to be something you need, then consider that at the start mm. because sometimes there's more fun, fun funding for things like social enterprises that are giving back to the community. And if you can do it in that way, then you might have more opportunity. Um, there are also, I mean, it is kind, kind of sad that being a woman, a female business owner is considered um, a bit of a mi- minority, um, mm-hmm. but actually sometimes that is. And, and I've had things that have come my way just because I'm a woman running a business so yeah you just gotta look out there and see what's about so what are your top tips for people thinking of moving from a freelance sole trader to becoming a agency in marketing okay okay how many do you want (laughs) so uh let's see I think preparation absolutely so decide what your what you want your setup to be and how you see that going forward and put the things in place to do that. Um, absolutely embrace branding. You know, think about whether you want part of your own name and your company name, or whether it's going to be something com- completely different. It took me quite a long time to, to find my name, but the company name is something now that's recognized and people say, oh, it's really cool. So it's worth spending the time and looking at what's available because now obviously we're, there's so many social profiles that you've got to see what's available on a domain and also in social profiles as well, handles. Um, I'd also say, you know, consider who your target market are. You, you can't be everything to everyone. Mm. So you need to, I mean, and, and I haven't even done it fully yet, I'd say. I've still got work to do on that. But just know who you want to be working with and who you're going after and, and why, why you're in business. Um, that leads me to the point of purpose. I mean, it's become a bit of a buzzword, but I think if you can 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 clearly communicate why your company exists and why you're in business and why you're doing what you do, that's um, that storytelling is, is really valuable for people and, and it helps them resonate with with you as a business and a business owner. 
So where can people find more about you and are you open to mentoring? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, it's funny you should say that because actually I do I do offer mentoring through the um, Chartered Institute of Marketing. So I do mentor some marketeers um, now and then. And I, I wouldn't offer business mentoring. I don't feel like I have achieved enough or got to the stage where I would be a credible voice on that you know um but marketing wise I'm always happy to try and help people out and give my time I probably do too much for free to be honest mm, don't we all <laughs> so um people can find me pretty much everywhere so um Instagram shake it up creative Twitter shake it creative damn Twitter handles not being long enough um Facebook shake it up creative and yeah shake it up creative.com and we spell Rachel r-a-c-h-a-e-l yes I am a special breed (laughs) (laughs) and and Dines d-i-n-e-s okay well thank you so much for coming on today and and telling us your story um having me it's it's a, a story of growth and you know there was trust built on trust worked on trust broken trust um but it's not the end of the story absolutely yeah you Good know life effort. goes on yeah um so so thank you for being so honest with us today and uh best of luck for for the next year thank <laughs> you so much and to you and i hope to see you at the next atomicon yeah so take care okay so that's all for now guys but we'll be back very soon with another podcast